Welcome to episode 8, in which DJ C and I discuss making art and the cities in which that's all bubbling up. Today I'm here with JC, who's a very good friend of mine and an amazing independent artist who's done a lot of cool work in the realms of like illustration and animation and VR-based work. Uh, and he can be found all over the internet on Twitter and Instagram and, and practically everywhere else under the moniker DJC. That's D-I-E-J-A-Y-C-E-E. Uh, JC, how are you doing, man? Hey, yes, that's me. Thank you for your uh, little description over there. It's really nice. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, I well, like I can I can dive into the shameless self promotion of uh, I have this uh, other channel on YouTube. It's called Mod Puppy Universe, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a place where I basically make uh, little funny animations. Uh, right now it's more focused around funny memes or little videos, but uh, I want to evolve that into more of a uh, content outlet of myself where I can uh, talk or where I can create original stories as well. So yeah, that's also something I'm doing. Right. So more like full animated videos on on a particular thing or... Sorry, what, what did you say? Like, you wanna? How do you, how do you picture what you want to evolve it into? Like, what where are you thinking of some of the things you can do with it? Oh yeah, like uh, big inspirations for from uh, for me are uh, people like uh, Worthy Kids uh, with Big Top Burger or Umami. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've you've shown me Umami. I really like that. Umami is a is a great channel. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, things like you that. Vune as well. Yes, I know about. I knew about Vune already. Mm. It's really cool. Super cool. The one with the craze, with the more. Uh, she, they have a really nice art style, and where they have like mm. these weird angles, you know, almost like they're drawing through a wide-angle lens. Yeah, really cool. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think that's a super cool aspect of their videos. I'm also very. Um, very much a fan of it's kind of something that i've been hopping on about with art like a little for a little while now which is um well it kind of manifests in two ways i, I keep on banging on about like make bad art and i mean that in two different ways one i mean it as like a just produce stuff right like in your pursuit of perfection or whatever you're probably just either not going to start on something or like you're afraid of it and there's this whole um battle like between like the eye and the hand where your eye for what makes good quality exceeds what your hand can produce and then you end up mm-hmm. like kind of cringing or disliking the things that you make but they work separately from each other right so if you end up creating a bunch more suddenly you'll start to appreciate it and then like it but um 
as you're researching how to do better work, you're going to come across better artists. So then your eye is going to jump forward again and you're stuck going to like not enjoy the things that you've made. But like those are gradual steps forward. So I, I always go on like make bad art from, from that aspect, just get stuff out there. Like your version of bad is still going to like probably still holds a bunch of worth that you don't see. Right. Compared to a bunch of other stuff. Um, like if you are interested enough in making that thing, you've probably thought about it in some way um, that makes it interesting enough to others. Uh, also, there's like a, a cool thing, like a Vizikan V on Twitter talks about a lot. It's like make a hundred things, do a hundred things. A lot of people I know often have like in their username, uh, like zero out of a hundred, whatever. Like, and that can be something like make a hundred omelets. But by the time you reach the hundredth omelet, you're gonna know a lot more about temperature control and um how egg will stick to the pan or what you can combo in ingredients like there's stuff you're going to be taught by making 100 omelets right but it's not I just omelets. Probably... make 100 youtube videos make 100 TikToks, yeah. make 100 make 100 something like it doesn't matter if they're bad make 100 of them because by the time you get to 100 you're going to notice a bunch of improvements that's um, a nice thought but uh, i think i've made I probably made more than 100 omelets and I still suck at it, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think that's probably like... an aspect of like, how much are you <laughs> thinking about making that omelet, right? Like yeah. if you are, if you're doing a hundred things unconsciously, there is a very slow grade of improvement. But if yeah. you're doing a hundred things with like conscious um, effort and reflection, then I think you'll start to see a bunch of improvements. And I, I also mean make bad art in terms of like, the second reading of that is uh it's kind of like umami and view and whatever and not to say that they're bad but when you initially look at them um for people who don't know i'm, I'm sure i'll link all the stuff below but um they have a very it, their art style looks like some of them i think do use stuff like paint to to draw certain frames like it's not a highly polished every part of this is as good as possible um, there's a lot of like rough edges and maybe a, an animation set of just like three frames that are noticeably repeating on themselves. But their videos are amazing anyways, and they package a lot of emotion and great storytelling. And what I think is like, as long as you have a certain, if you've got like one or two principles down, right? Like if you know about light and composition and you can tell a story that you feel like is important. I think you could do that in a lot of mediums. Like you can draw some some pictures on paper and cut that out and film it. Uh, even with like the shadow that's going to be created from like your camera, filming down to like these cutouts and turn that into a video. And I promise you some people will love it and they will love it because of its style as well. And there's like a lot of really i think there's something really beautiful about like realizing you don't need the super high production budget for a bunch of stuff you can make it in a very scrappy uh lo-fi way and when certain aspects like concise stories or let's say pacing or if you've got one or two things down and you believe in your like your your Clarity of artistic vision is there. You can make some really great stuff. And so much so 
that I think even um, uh, you you know how there's this big thing in games. I don't know if you've seen it, like indie games, where it's called like Haunted PS One, and they're all oh, yeah, I've seen that series. Right, they're all like mimic what the very early PlayStation graphics looked like, like hard yeah. triangles, textures that sort of warp and whatever. People are are trying to recreate what used to be a limitation, right? Like, I'm sure the people who are making those games kind of hated that they were, like, stuck with those limitations or that they had this very, like, low-fi approach to it. But now, that's become so desirable that people try to make that themselves. And if I think if you if you just made something, no matter how scrappy it was, there are people who will probably want to recreate your style. Yeah. No, I I I agree. Um oh, like going back to the point talked about disconnection with your eyes and your hands. Mm. Uh talking to a lot of artists, I recognize that if you are a beginner artist, right? Yeah. You will you will uh maybe you'll you'll be bad at art if you don't have a lot of talent. But the uh, the art that you do like is uh, can also be pretty bad in the sense of your your um your eye and your your uh your sense of style in art mm-hmm. evolves as well as you become better in art but uh that progression goes quicker uh than your actual art skills mm-hmm. so you have a better sense of what makes art good faster than what you actually can create. Uh, So that's why a lot of people don't like to put up uh, or like upload uh, their own works Mm -hmm. because they can see uh, themselves lagging behind uh, what they think is good because it it will always be that way. Of course, when you're, when when you get better, that gap, um, will become less of course yeah but there will always be artists that are better than you mm-hmm. uh in my case i'm not a perfectionist i just like to to do stuff and and uh, the problem or maybe it's a positive thing with me but um uh, i don't have much patience and uh i want to be an animator right so mm-hmm. that's those two, two don't really marry together uh i do like sinking a lot of time into making one animation for instance but uh i like to make things quick and if it tells the story if it gives the idea then uh, i am satisfied with it if it makes people laugh or whatever it not every pixel of the the thing has to be perfect because because if it translates the story that you want to tell it's already already perfect in some kind of way in my eyes yeah I mean, that's exactly what I like about your art, actually, is um, kind of that that aesthetically scrappy vibe that I was talking about that I, that I think, um, that's why, I, you know, we share those type of interests because I think, like, obviously there's something about that aesthetic that matches what you're doing, but also just the amount of work that I've seen you create. Like, I don't know. I think, you know, we worked together on, on a project and then there was a couple of months where, you know, I wasn't really caught up with stuff. And then I, I checked back on what you're doing and there was just like this 
large amount of stuff that was made in that time and i was like this is so cool but like con- compared to my own i'm like what have i done with it in those um like in that same time period like there was i don't know basically nothing that had been made and i i kind of like your um that ability to just be like cool i have an idea and i'm gonna and i'm i'm gonna run with it and like it doesn't matter like i'm not trying to get it perfect but then you make something and like i'm looking at it and from the outside i'm just like this looks cool this looks exactly like the work i see from you um and it's just another one and another one and another one in your repertoire that you can like show up to be like yeah here's a whole bunch of stuff i made here's here's my portfolio here's my you know here's a bunch of different views on like all these different things that i have um so that's precisely what I, what I sort of like look up to you for in your ability to just make stuff like that. Yeah, and um, thank you. <laughs> that's really nice. Um, also, remember we you talked about umami and uh, that scrappy style. If you look at umami, he usually does live streams as well, mm-hmm. where he creates. And uh, you can see him struggling with animation and art. Uh, like it would take him a lot of time to create something. But uh, I really love his work because that's that's not where his strong, like his his uh, what's strong about his animations and and his story is is more so uh, the style and how much he commits to it as well as the sense of storytelling like mm-hmm. he, if he wants to set up a certain atmosphere he will even though with all of the limitations that he has in his own skill level or in uh, in the style that he trying he's trying to uh, uh to create it will it sometimes has as strong like it sometimes has a more stronger sense of atmosphere than than that some uh blockbuster movies do and i think that's what makes people really fall in love with his stories is yeah it's really that's strong that's sense of like that story. that's um the lack of an ability in in one aspect which is like the, the actual drawing and animating side of making an animation which sounds like it would be the most important thing is not because like he's He's creating atmosphere. He's creating, like he's like I said, with um, working with one or two aspects. Like he knows how to set up light and perspective, and frame mm-hmm. a cool shot, and like that's what's gonna carry it through. And there's a lot of like sound layering there. I think it doesn't. Really yeah, he's also incredible. He's an incredible musician as well. So yeah, and like that's I think everyone probably has like one or two aspects that they are pretty like let's say you're you're interested in making art of some sort you probably have some background in something like if you were trying to do this and you're um, a dancer for example that sounds like a little bit of an untranslatable skill but there's something in dance which when it comes down to rhythm and flow and movement and positioning which you will be able to translate into that and i think like if you went in and just tried to draw and use what you knew about dancing and try to turn it into let's say an animation or something you will see some like amazing stylistic benefits or or your audience will and that's even if your if your style is like oh i can't draw very well whatever 
Um, but like, that's not, you're bringing something really interesting to that. Um, and I think it's also great to just like lean into like a bunch of, um, like, oh, I can't draw figures very well. Oh, I can't draw faces very well, for example. And instead of using faces, you just replace them with like, I don't know, an abstract shape or like a random image you found online or whatever. And suddenly, like, you've got all these characters with, like, different heads of other things. And, like, you use that as, like, a uh, a solution for not being able to draw faces. But suddenly it becomes this super distinct style where, like, all your people have got these other heads. Like, that becomes, like, a catch for what your your art embodies now, right? Um, and I think that's really... Those downsides can really be, well, upsides. Um, so... That's why I, I keep on hopping on like make bad art because just just make it because just make fuck art. it yeah like just fucking make thing and um you'll probably find a way to to appreciate something about it like even later on you'll look back and you'll probably find something that you're like man all of these downsides were really. Like, I really like that they were present because they, they led to something or they taught me something or, you know, they were a hook. Um, yeah. Just by making stuff, uh, that is what will help you improve. You know, if you ask any 2D artist, any, like, angsty teenage boy who wants to draw but doesn't have any talent will ask, like, talented artists, like, how what brushes do you use? How can I learn uh, illustrating as well as you do and they will already replies with this re they will already reply with the same thing right they will say just practice mm -hmm. keep on practicing 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 and i think uh in, in your case when you're when you say make bad art you also mean uh publish it in some kind of way and i feel like that that's also important because when you publish something and you show it to the internet uh that's when it's you know People say art is never done, but when you publish something, that's when it kind of is done right. for that part. Yeah. If it's just a sketch, that sketch right there at that stage is finalized when you put it on the internet. And that's when people are going to give feedback. And that's where you learn and that's where it helps you to improve even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely... Uh, I definitely agree is like getting to that point of like there's something about like i know i want to go to week stuff i'm looking at um like i have these templates for when i'm writing just for like a like a stylistic template right so or the chapter headers and stuff and often when i'm copying that across i'll be looking at the old thing that i wrote and i'm like ah oh, i should tweak out this word or i should do whatever and i'm like i can always tweak this right and i don't know if that's like at some point it just needs to be left and um sort of marking that that moving on i i mean i also i spoke about this before many times online but also on one of these other podcasts where i was like um very adamant about like not making sequels and um i have a lot of reasons for that I'm I'm sure I spoke about this already for for half an hour or something, but 
Um, <laughs> my point is like, you you try your best to sum something up, and you give it your shot, and then like, look again, like, create the next thing that tries to sum that up. Like, you, you had your shot at making a scene about like expectation. You did it. Cool. Now, like, go back to the start and, like, if you really want to talk about expectation again, you know, try think of all the other ways you could get that message across instead of, like, just working on a thing and then kind of tweaking it to, like, um, in a way that's, like, a sequel also, like, for all the other reasons I've, I've mentioned before, but, like, a sequel also kind of never lets that thing end, right? It never... It does, right? When you put the next episode or the next you know, installment or chapter, like, yes, you published the last one, but in a way you can always, like, retcon or... Not exactly retcon, but you can influence the thing that came before. Like, you're never just finishing and, like, stopping and reflecting and being like, okay, did I achieve what I wanted to achieve? No, I missed it in these three aspects. Now, instead of trying to, like push this immeasurable weight of a previously published work slowly back in the other direction, like, go back to the start and think, like, what aspects made me fail on delivering that particular message? Like, what could I possibly tweak in the whole world or fiction or story or composition and, like, try to hit it again, right? Like, it's very helpful to put those things to bed. Like, if you want to make a hundred things, you gotta go from thing one to thing two and, and leave. You can't just make 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 
across uh, multiple books, episodes, or movies. Yeah, but uh, uh, that have their smaller stories within, of course. Mm. But uh... I did. I did also briefly make this exception, but like, um, I think certain stories that are set up to do that should be looked at as this is a story that is like. 6,000 pages or whatever. It's one work, but there's no way we want to publish 6,000 pages. So we're going to divide it into three or four or whatever. And so those are like your sequels. But like it was conceived of in this long way, right? This long arc. And so that to me kind of functions as one work. Often, let's say it became very famous. You know, yeah. 50 years after the author dies, like they release an anthology where like all the books are together and you're like, okay, you know, this is kind of, this was sort of the vision. And um, I, I kind of see that as like a different thing rather than you made a work and then you left it and then like it got really popular. So like two years later, you're like, okay, let's just do something else yeah, in this world. Well, like there was a defines right? And now the characters just are suddenly like, Oh, guess what other new thing is happening? Um, yeah. Um, you you spoke a little bit about like Mud Puppy Universe, right? Um, mm -hmm. Which is a channel, but I know Mud Puppies goes a little bit beyond this, but like a bit of a community that you are trying to stoke up. Um, maybe yeah, specifically, correct. A, I know it kind of started with like the people in the city that are also artists or in the university doing related courses uh and the friends that they have you want to speak about mud puppies a little bit uh yeah sure it's a little uh it's a it's more of a private discord server so if you if you want to join you have to you have to kind of show that you're creative or you have to know people that are already in the in the group uh but it's really nice it's it's a really i feel like uh, this server it's a Discord server, by the way, and it's it's mostly focusing on just creating. That's uh, that's what I want to push. That's the idea I want to push as well. Like, but puppies, mm, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a uh, how you say that, like a thing. How mud puppies are are these types of salamanders, right? Uh, but the thing is, they don't they don't lose their gills. So usually salamanders are born with gills to breathe underwater and then uh, they lose them when, when they mature, right? Mm -hmm. To live uh, out like on the surface. But mud puppies and axolotl are species that don't, uh, that don't lose their gills. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of my story as well as, as an artist, as a person. Uh, I, I want my art to ha harken back to that initial creative mind that you have that everyone has as a child right uh because uh, when you grow up the the world and jobs and taxes and everything is kind of uh eating that away it's kind of absorbing or you're kind of losing that that sense of creativity and uh that's kind of i want to bring that back that little spark of creativity back into people that's what I want to do with my art, make it kind of funny and creative, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, Mud Puppies is more of a collection of people would I imagine uh, would help uh, or just like our creative people who also have that same feeling in, in some capacity.
You know, I've always seen your brand um, with like the, the little mud puppy and guild character and kind of didn't question why it was called mud puppies, but I do like the origin of that quite a lot. Um, and like hearkening to that initial creative spirit. I think it's a really cool um, way of like summing it all up into like a very visual metaphor, so that's pretty cool. Um, do you have a, have a, like do you see mud puppies becoming more than just sort of like a server that is friends and friends of friends and friends of friends of friends, like do you imagine doing stuff with them? For example, uh, I have some some really cool friends um, from Utah who are all like Mormon artists. Um, shout out to Camilla Stark, who was on this podcast before, um, and Mormons? other people. Like, uh, like the religion or? Yeah, like the religion. Oh, interesting. Um, so they're all sort of based around one or two cities in, in Utah, and they have a really cool... Um, Kind of, I kind of felt like it had a similar origin, where it's just people who were making things, and um, they were dealing it specifically because, like, there's a there's a moment hotspots in the U.S. and, um, you know, I think a lot of people have like a lot of stereotypes about Mormonism, and, um, but you know, they're young and they're creative, and they also have musicians and artists and collagists and all these people making stuff, and. Um, trying to like work out like what does it mean to be part of this culture and part of this religion and, and be young and free and creative and like how do we blend that all together um, but like eventually they ended up starting something that became I guess a bit more of a, like a like a real thing like they ended up having some gallery shows right like they got a space in a museum to like release an exhibit where a bunch of people were kind of like well, these are people who are already making stuff around like a central theme or idea and like let's let's put on a show and let's get a you know let's get a topic and make a couple pieces for it um and eventually it's it seems like it's just sort of like growing like i think they're on their like fourth show and um the amount of people like it just sort of pulls in more and more people um do you imagine and maybe related to this, I have another question later, but like, do you imagine mud puppies with the same sort of like young creative free spirit? Like, do you see them, for example, ever putting on a show where like um, you kind of have a bunch of people who make a few pieces for like a similar thing? I think it's, uh, it's really cool what you just described there with the Mormon artist and them growing into a community. For me, it's, uh, uh, I, I also, I really like just seeing people being creative as well. Uh, so for Mud Puppies, the initial idea, which is like, I, I, I'm one of these persons, kind of people that, that just generate ideas, uh, like, this like is everything, true. you know, it's just <laughs> happening all this is true. the time. Yeah constantly like it's nice to 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 try to like once it happens that my brain totally shuts off and i don't think about it anymore i feel so refreshed but uh 
before going on that tangent, um, the original idea for Mud Puppies is like, what if we had like a physical space, like a studio space where just creative people and freelancers could come and just use uh, art supplies or there be, um, I mean, you can like sign up for a membership or something and you could just work on your own creative project uh, with the supplies that, that the space would have, you know, uh, whether that's, that is like big screen tablets or gaming computers for rendering or clay to make something and then 3d scanners to scan that clay or just a bunch of paint and yarn or whatever, just to have a bunch of creative people, uh, or students, uh, be together and, uh, like communicate with each other right i think that would would have been a great idea but uh, of course i'm not a rich person i don't have a lot of money to invest in such a thing uh so i just wanted to have something digital uh like a digital little offspring tiny thing mm -hmm. uh, of that and that's the discord server at the moment right. so um yeah and for mud puppy universe the youtube channel and that's still like I want to grow that in eventually into a channel and where I can post uh, where other artists or creative animators can post their stories, like almost like an anthology series or or like uh, Love Death Robots or anything similar, but on a YouTube channel, you know, like if I would have more money to invest and pay actual people to create cool stories for uh for me that would be really cool hmm. i feel like there's so much potential in Enschede here where um you've got all the people who are doing creative style courses at saxion um we're gonna dox ourselves here by just giving us information out but i think it's fine um You've got another university, uh, the University of Tventa, which has like the Create course um, and industrial designers, for example, as well. Uh, and then you've also got Artes, right? Which is a bunch of like visual artists and screen printers and filmmakers. And there's also the music side of that, um, uh, where, you know, people are all working out with oh, specifically music, but, you know, a couple of other things with like audiology and um, like that's a Enschede is this sort of town that's you know it's a small city big town kind of tucked in the far corner but like it's not a place that is sort of run down and sad like it has quite a nice vibrant atmosphere to it even though it is like on the opposite side from where things are generally happening and a lot of the people here are students who have moved in because it's a student town because there are three three or four is, basically yeah. different institutions rsc as well i forgot about um and i think there's this like great bubbling potential here like there are some kind of stickers uh that you sometimes see on walls and, and light posts which is a bit facetious i think but it's kind of cool it's like says enschede <laughs> is the new berlin right which like, a lot of people laugh at because like Berlin is this huge place with like a huge creative industry, but I kind of see their intent, and I, I like see. I would love yeah, to make that happen because there's all of these people, but I feel like without the proper catchment net, 
they're going to be like, oh, I want to do some stuff. And then they kind of end up drifting away to places that will allow them. And, you know, stuff like like uh, GogBot, I think, shows the success of this. Uh, you just had a show at GogBot, like, a week or two ago. We, we can speak on that with as well, because it's pretty cool. But uh, GogBot, or GogBot, whatever. It is uh, GogBot. Is I, I know the owner of, of, of or like, the, arc, the main organizer. All right. Uh, organizer. <laughs> and he says GogBot, so okay. you can just pronounce it like that. Nice. So, so that's, like, a uh, four- or five-day-long festival here in the city where... Um, they make all sorts of cool installations with very, there's a lot of like experimental stuff happening, uh, art, installations, music, film as well. Um, hell, they set up these like giant uh, statues sometimes of like metal dragons and robots and whatever. And sometimes, you know, for the listeners who obviously don't know and don't come from here, like one of those statues, for example, now sits outside of like the main train station when you come into the city. Like the first thing you're walking out is like seeing a giant robot lady who's like two stories tall standing on a cube and the cube has got like neon uh, sorry led screens around that are showing like crazy animations of which one of yours was on there for a while um just for a year actually yeah just showing like really cool stuff and she's this giant woman with like sharp gun boobs and like and and that's like part of the imagery of the city that you're going to see when you walk in. It's not like this small town of farmers who are like, no, we don't want any of this. Very conservative minded. Like, there's a lot of cool, innovative stuff. And festivals like that show that it's possible. Places like Sick House and Cinema Obscura, which are all like tied into that network. And like, I feel like that's the start. But we, if we can help create that net of like keeping people, like we have all these artists, and we have some things to to show that art off we've got a lot of like cinema spaces and theater spaces here more than i think they would be for a town of this size and we've got a, a local municipal government who cares about showing that type of stuff off and is not conservatively minded in like no none of this weird stuff is happening like those are good uh, elements in a recipe for success but I don't think we have it yet, right? Like, I, I think we're still bleeding a lot of these artists out. And I'm wondering if little things like Mud Puppies, whatever, can can be parts of the chain that, like, turn Enschede into the new Berlin, you know? It's a very interesting thought. I do know that... Uh, I know people of, uh, like, my installation that I presented at GogBot, um, that was during my... A graduation project and I graduated actually at Planet Art which is the company that uh, organizes Gogbot and uh, they are located in this building next to the uh, uh, train station, the main train station next to the big robot mm-hmm. uh, and the LED cube problem is there are a lot of creatives in that place and that place is doomed to be uh, destroyed and, and uh, people of Enschede want, or like the government, uh, what is it? The government of Enschede? The uh, uh, gemeente? The gemeente, yeah. Yeah, like the municipal uh, government, basically. Yeah. Municipality. They, they want to have more built, like houses, right, for people to live in. And a lot of these places where artists are located are being demolished or repurposed. So, um, uh, we feel like uh, they ha- I feel like when I was there working there 
there was this uh, feeling of uh, of uh, of uh, they, they were they were very annoyed about the fact that they seem to be like Enschede is trying, even though they are they obviously are uh, allowing these festivals to happen. It almost in their eyes, it almost feels like Enschede is trying to get rid of them, mm. which is interesting because everyone loves it like people come from people come from uh from all over europe like the people come from germany and belgium and and neighboring countries and all over the netherlands they come to Gog gogbot because it's such a unique festival you know like it's hearkened around tech and and that kind of, of fine art that uh that's interactive and interesting and and visual, you know. I met the guy who designed the logo, like did graphic design work for Extinction Rebellion, who'd come from the UK. Uh, him and a couple of his like partners who were working on stuff, and they also had, you know, they had that thing in in the center of the city for for Gogbot as well. Like that's that's pretty cool. Like those are people, yeah, coming from other places in Europe for it. And I wonder if that's, you know, I get it. Like. I, I, I don't know the the precise situation. And I wonder how much of that is like the government is like, these are old buildings and we need to change them. And there's probably like some part that's innovation and some part that's gentrification. And, you know, if there were yeah. spaces that were, you know, if those, if they were moved to other spaces rather than like having their space taken away and, and losing that community. Like I know with the redesign of the Ariane's plane, um, in the old hospital, like, uh, all the people, like, um, there were still people who were working there, and it feels like their office spaces were becoming better or more sophisticated as the building got renovated rather than, like, chased out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's... I think, yeah. I, also... I think we're on that, that, like, that's something, we're on this verge of, like, success can be found if the right cards are played but like removing a hotspot for artists is going to like if that community is broken up too much and people are like redistributed to random other small offices like that's a good way to have people just sort of like blow away um mm -hmm. instead of you know if they're relocated and like the same community can stay together then now it's just a different location but um if it's too shattered then there's not enough cohesion anymore and i Maybe. think like like there i can feel the critical mass you know i can taste it on the wind but i don't know what we need to to do to keep it yeah i've also i have no idea what what the situation now exactly is and it's more of a feeling and and people i've heard talking about it you know uh there has been several videos and articles made uh about uh, how the creatives in Enschede uh, are being pushed away by uh, the governing body of Enschede. But uh, uh, yeah, I've no idea how exactly that's uh, gonna pan out. And if it's gonna, is I think the creative potential of Enschede is, is fairly unique in mm. sense of Enschede and UT, uh, as well as section, there's a lot of innovation happening in Enschede. Like, mm. uh, I think Wi-Fi is one of the things that are was initially invented in 
uh, Enschede. I'm not super sure about that, so you can fact check me on that. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, like Enschede always has been a city of innovation, mm-hmm. Dutch innovation, but worldwide innovation as well. And th- I like how how that also reflects into the art that's found here and the creative things. Uh, like most of the art that you can find, or not most of, like most of the art that you could find find in Gogbot, uh, is a commentary on the innovations and technology uh, in our lives. Right. Yeah, I speak about this a lot, actually. I know a lot of people, especially people who come from like really big metropolises who like to dunk on Enschede. I know I did myself. I spent my first year with my best friend walking around like making fun of it all the time and by now i've completely 180 on my opinion of it and i really like it for for some reasons uh that yeah it's not super large it doesn't feel like you're just a very small stranger in a giant machine uh you have access to like farmlands and nature really close by but above all the city so the city had a for those who are not aware it used to be a big textile production uh, center and the whole textile industry collapsed and um, then it experienced like a, a period of pretty severe like um, recession or you know just sort of falling apart and like many small sounds who are out on in, in the back end of the country like that can easily turn it into sort of a sad place that's kind of like just getting by that brain drains most of the young people out of it and it's just like there's no real reason to go but Enschede does not feel like that in the five years that I've been here I have seen numerous parts of the city renovated I have seen um, all sorts of cool initiatives spark up very like progressively minded things Uh, I speak a lot about the initiative which is like Enschede Bluit Op which is basically taking any of the green spaces here like verges or islands in the road and allowing natural herbs and quote-unquote weeds to grow and and that adds flowers and beauty and biodiversity and as a home for insects and instead of just you know mowing that to be a monoculture lawn and there's all sorts of cool initiatives like that like uh, taking cars out of the city center and um you know, uh, really pushing bicycles is like a great way to get around and, and making institu- like uh, initiatives for that. And, uh, you know, there's clearly this desire for the city to be like, okay, we had a rough spot and we're also not a big giant, but we don't have to just sort of sit here and be a backwater. Like we can innovate, we can be creative, we can look to the future and like, if we start shining bright enough, people will come. And I like that. And I can see it. I can see streets be changed. I can see crazy statues go up or pieces of art go around or like the initiatives that they talk about. And sometimes I read their like documents that they post about like, you know, the municipal documents of what they want to do in a certain area. And I'm like, I know this is a small town. I know this is not London or New York or Cairo or whatever you came from, but there is something happening here and it it seems like the city is very hungry to become something interesting and it's not content to just sit around and like exist as it has existed 
And I think art is a big part of that, and it's going to be a big part of that. And if we can keep the technical innovations that are coming out of places like the University of Twente, companies that can capture those graduates, and we can also have the creatives captured as well and do something cool for this place, I think it could really become like that interesting you know it's 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 never population wise it's not going to boom into you know like a something that rivals amsterdam or utrecht or something and i don't think it needs to but i definitely can see the the quality of what's on offer becoming very high um and i'm interested in i'm interested i guess in both ways like how do we do it in terms of like actual urban development roads and infrastructure and all of that i'm pretty interested in that but i also want to see it from the creative side and the um and what we can do to like keep cool creative independent innovative things happening in the city and you know as someone who's graduating as as like an artist and also i guess a technical developer like what can i do now like what can i add to it even if i'm only here for a few years like what blocks can i push that like even if i go and i never return i want to at least have like like i still kind of care enough about its future right to be like can i at least while i'm here while i'm walking past give it the nudge it needs to like head off in a direction like a car on the highway and like wave it goodbye as it goes and i go a different way but at least i helped right um, and so that's something I'm very concerned about thinking about. That's that's quite interesting view on Enschede. Uh, me personally, I'm not that. Uh, I mean, I I do like Enschede, uh, but if 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 I would find, if I, if I would talk to my international friends about visiting the Netherlands, I would not necessarily take them to Enschede because, I mean, you are already saying like it's. It's very much in development, and it's it's uh, rebuilding themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I feel like Enschede is interesting because the stuff that uh, goes on under the hood as well. That's yeah. Like what I when I did my graduation internship, I talked with people who are re- really like closely a part uh, of the cultural aspects and preservation of Enschede, you know, like that's, that's interesting. And I, I do not, I, I do think like other cities would have that as well in the Netherlands. Um, but that's what I, that's kind of the, the thing that, that makes you fall in love with the city, I guess, where you have been, uh, been a part, uh, of for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where I have to like, I feel like I'm selling it every single time when people are like, uh, yeah, like if a foreigner came, I say as a foreigner, um, I don't, I wouldn't probably not take them to Enschede. Like there are, if they have a limited time, you know, there are other places to see uh, for other reasons. But, uh, and when, if you've lived here, like I know a lot of people who come from bigger places and myself included, you know, um, I come from a capital city with millions and millions of people, uh, and 
I get it. Like, I get it. I, I did the same thing the first year, and I feel like I always have to sort of sell and defend it and be like, I know what you're looking at on the surface looks like a little town, but I promise you, like, it, like you said, it's under the hood. And if you become engaged, suddenly that whole world opens up and you're like, oh, yeah. And if you go to other little towns and you look what's happening there and then you start comparing it, I think, like, that's where it becomes very um, interesting. And like a project, like, I guess as a developer, like, because it's in development, like, that's what makes it interesting it's like following a game or whatever as it's going through beta versions as updates are rolling out as developer commentary comes in and then like it's out and you play it for a while and you're like okay cool that was that was a nice experience but like part of the magic is like being there while it's being built right um and i know that's certainly I, I maybe if I have to sh- sell the thing the whole time, maybe I'm delusional on, on the aspect, but I still feel very strongly about this. No, that's not no problem at all. Of course, uh, and and, and I, I do see where you're coming from. I think that's also. I, I don't really. I kind. I don't know if I look at the place where I'm living, which is in a village, uh, somewhere. Uh, yeah, don't have to it, dox it all, yourself. <laughs> no, I don't. I know you already dox yourself, so yeah. <laughs> not, let me keep my place for myself. No, but that also has gone through, uh, like a bunch of changes, right? I remember even when there were still phone cells around, you know, like places where people would go and dial numbers, mm. uh, like the the the, the, on the in my village with the, with the yeah. boxes and. They were just on on on, uh, on the streets, and they were like bright green and very ugly and stuff. Anyway, uh, I could also see my city of uh, or my little village evolving, and it's quite nice now, so to say. Mm. Uh, but I would, I I would, uh, I'd still recommend people to come there, of course, but not specifically for the village. Uh, it's more so for the like we have like a really nice. Uh, nature reser- reservoir or what's it preservation? called? Reser- preservation yeah area next to the city like the that's a nice place i i would people recommend to but not necessarily the the village i, I would much rather uh bring people to yeah like Zwolle or utrecht or or stuff with canals you know that's something i personally really like <laughs> yeah. about the netherlands yeah, yeah. I, I i felt that as well where i was like oh man i'm gonna get to this country that's go to these beautiful canals and then i go to like the part of the country that is highest up and doesn't have the canals and i'm like ah oh, <laughs> heck and if you walk around the city and read some of the old street signs that's something else if, if people are not aware very often street signs here will have the name of the street and then underneath, a short description telling you why they decided to call it that way, right? Which I think is Wait, so... Have you not seen Really? That? I've never... I, well, I probably never looked at it. It'll say, like, I don't know, I don't know, um, Albert something out of the land. And then underneath, it'll say, like, named after Albert whoever, Dutch politician, 18-whatever to 18-something else. And, like, it tells you why they call that street... It doesn't have it on everyone. Like, if it's a small entrance to that street, it won't. But at the main part where it reaches another street, it, it usually have the, the, the two lines. Um, and there's, like, I know there's some streets in the city center that are called, like, 
basically uh, the Dutch version of like Canal Street and whatever, and mm-hmm. like named after the old canal, but it's not there anymore, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, true. Um, uh, I think we have we had like when we did our project, right? Uh, there was another project that was talking about uh, uh, the the disappearance of the canals of Enschede. Is that right? Um, or or they had like maybe I I think I Enschede remember. also used to have canals, and then yeah. it, I know it definitely has some. Like like I've seen the street signs for it. Um, uh, do you know then, in the this is getting a little bit off topic for anyone who doesn't know, but uh, in the Fun Hague Plain, there's like a big rock. That's just like chilling there, kind of near like where the McDonald's is, and next to that rock, it's there to commemorate a fire that burnt down like ninety five percent of, of course, the city, the fire, which has yeah. happened like five six times here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it's what disappeared on the that's street. What made the canals that... disappear too? I yeah. think, the fire. Because mm. yeah. it said it started on houses on the sides of the canals, so there used mm. to be canals there, but no, that's no longer there. Um, leaving Enschede behind everyone came for a nice visit and now we're going to move on <laughs> before people are like man I'm listening for 40 minutes about a city I do not know um, yesterday I joined your little Twitter space um, with a bunch of other creative people which had a really cool concept that I, I really liked to oh. see am I allowed to say it right here? yeah go ahead show it Yeah, we were jerking people off <laughs> Yeah, so the idea was um, instead of just talking about their own work, like they would just go to different people in the space, people people who are listening, and then like open up their profile. Like these are the people who are like hosting it, and then opening up the profile of listeners and just like being like, "Man, this is a really cool artwork. I love what you're doing here. I love this. Here's some feedback. Here are the parts I like about it. You know, I actually follow you as a mutual. You're really cool for interaction, and like just seeing that like. Um, just seeing I guess something that helps you know these people even if you have a mutual they'll often be posting stuff that is like it just doesn't get interaction right and having people be like hey I see your work and I notice your work and here are the things I like about it and I like about how you do stuff and like that helps make you feel like you are part of something Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that was just such a great initiative to like listen into and see it happen and uh yeah i really want to say i really respected like what what was going on there it's pretty cool um i I, it was actually my first time being in that space also the guy who hosted it uh like i followed him and he followed me that exact same day that we started the space so we have never heard of each other before uh but um yeah, it's a pretty cool idea of his, and uh, I've been to spaces before where they, where people just show their own art, and uh, like the you have like with Twitter you have uh, I don't know what the English word is called, but you have listeners and you have people who talk, right? The hosts, the hosts, and also uh, you have hosts, co-hosts, and people who talk. Isn't that a different part? Um, or is it to say is it still called host in English? I don't know. I, it's, maybe it's, it's called, called speakers. Speaker in Dutch. Yeah, yeah, maybe speakers. it's called speakers. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't really know what the difference is in terms of spaces. Like 
if different people have different access to, to things. As much as I enjoy spaces, Twitter hasn't given me access to them, so I can't start my really? own. Really, you around. still still don't have spaces? No, I don't know what the requirement okay. is. Like, it's either I a rollout don't... issue, or like I think there was something about people over I certain think follow amount accounts. Of followers you have. To, yeah, yeah. But uh, I know some people in Sweden who often speak about getting features quite a lot later than like the Americans get them. So I think there's also like a geographic rollout of of stuff. Anyways, I don't have. Unfortunately, so I don't know what the difference is between posts and speakers. And... Well, someday we'll get a void jumper space. Mm -hmm. Space jumper. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've, so, you, yeah, you were, you were speaking in the space. Uh, yeah, speaking in the space. I mean, I could just sit there and be a listener and I just wait for, for someone to jerk off me and compliment my art. Uh, but I thought, you know, I actually, I heard these people talking and they are more like passionate artists and uh, collectors type of people. And uh, like I, f I felt like I had a little bit more knowledge and experience in, in the creation and the process. Mm -hmm. I, like I could recognize tools that are people that people were using. So I thought, yeah, I might be able to uh, to compliment people uh, in 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 a more uh, tech in a technical more kind of way, you know. Like talking about compositions and color theory and mm. and tools like that, and that's, it helped. That's very important. Yeah. We're like the, the difference between someone who's just a viewer or a player or whatever, like just a pure audience, versus someone who also does the thing as well, who can recognize like parts of the creative technique that you did to to create it. And like I think sometimes it feels a lot more valuable when a fellow creative is like, "You did this cool thing." because you did this, this, and this, and you're like, yes, someone noticed what mm -hmm. I did. I actually saw something the other day, which is like, um, talking about like game devs who make games for other game devs or writers who write for what? other writers. And just sort of like a, this thing about like, how you appreciate different things. So like one was just, I think it was about writers on in Substack and like, the way most listeners or readers in this case, sorry, would like read these long wordy substacks, but like other writers appreciate more like shorter, concise prose and, um, but maybe that's not what the average person like likes to look at, or I guess it works for film as well, where like a director or like cinematographer is going to like really appreciate a bunch of things that happen, but like your average moviegoer, doesn't care yeah. about that like they just want to see oh. some other stuff so there's this difference of like your main majority audience and then also like the other people who actually make the things you do and like what is good or what is impressive for those two different groups and often they don't align so like you either have your fellows like it but then you don't get an audience or you have your audience like it but then all your peers are like well you're not very good in this in the medium like it's a very weird like balance it's a curse <laughs> yeah. if, if you're if you're a creative and, and like i i know uh, i know a lot about animation and stuff and if i see people uh in my like or like if i'm talking having a voice call or a normal call with people who are not creatives as, as at all and they are liking a certain movie or 
a certain anime or, or cartoon show that doesn't really have much creativeness behind it, uh, then then I personally cannot enjoy it for that reason. Or, but that's not really like that's not really a problem, you know. The, yeah. the real problem when it's the other way around, right? Something is really creatively awesome, mm. and you're trying to show a non-creative it, mm. and they be like, "Yeah, I don't really get this." I don't really think this is a good show, you know. Have you... That, that, that that really hurts. Have that... you seen that like screenshot? That's like a a picture of Rotten Tomatoes, and it's like audience score twenty two percent, like a uh, critic score eighty six percent. It's like when you see this, you know it's gonna be a banger because like yeah, the I audience didn't like it, but all the it's critics. Perfect. Are. Yeah. I mean, I went to to yeah. watch Dune last night, and like I I'm a big fan of the Dune novel, so it's really kind of like don't spoil it. No, I won't. I won't. I and I I'm very particular on this because I can derive spoilers from like very small amounts of information, but okay. Um, so I don't like to mention anything, but um. I, so, you know, like, I, I was worried about how it would be handled. Like, if Hollywood just does a Hollywood on it, it's going to ruin a very, like, an amazingly influential piece of work, right? And the the director was, like, there's a lot of hope around what the director would do because he's can make these type of, like, uh, artistic pieces, right? And I was mm-hmm. sitting next to a bunch of guys, and, like, in the intermission, uh, because it's, like, I think it was a pretty good job of, of adapting it. And the guys next to me were just like, it's been an hour and a half, whatever the intermission time was, and nothing has happened. And they were all just talking about that. And I'm just like, man, like, what do you want? Like, you want just quips every 10 seconds or every seven minutes and an explosion? And like, like go watch The Avengers if you want that, right? Like, this is not, this isn't just space movie but desert-themed with a bunch of explosions or whatever. Like, that's not what it's meant to be. But, like, and they were not happy with their experience watching it because of, like, again, the difference between your general audience who's probably not creative or, and then people who are, like, into film who are like, oh, this is a bunch of cool shit that happened. Um, Which is interesting because, like, it doesn't necessarily mean it's better, you know? Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't I mean can't... it's better. Like, that, what's your metric for success as well? Like... Um, like I loved, I love the movie Speed Racer, but I cannot say like it's a really good movie. Yeah. Like I cannot really say that, but I I can't see it every time, and I love the visuals, but yeah. you know stuff like that. I think um, like my personal thing on art and like what makes it, what, the thing I love about it is seeing someone work in a medium who understands that medium's like limitations and possibilities and has gone so far to be playing around with them right so it's not that they're just trying to do a thing and make it look kind of polished but they know where like the boundaries of stuff are and you can see that they're aware of that and you can see that they're like doing cool things within that space if they know you know, comic books are made in panels stretched over two pieces of paper with a big line that cuts it in half. And then they do something with that, right? Like, they yeah. that cut in half where the pages join in the spine of the book is part of the medium. It's not going to go away. And now you implement it. Like, you make, 
you make like a light post be that the thing and like people talking about like you can see that they're they know so much as to play with the medium and um i think that is like really what makes cool fantastic work like i i i I never have favorites i I very rarely be like this is my favorite meal this is my favorite song this is my favorite band because it's very hard for me to do that yeah or favorite color um and I usually just be like, with, I'm usually, I just notice a bunch of cool things that they did, and then some other things which, like, I'm like, oh, really, they had to add that. But it's when I see them do a cool thing with like, with the sound, with the composition, with like, the angle of the of the lens. Like, I, I'm just there to see them, because I guess I am a creative as well, and I can notice like, whoa, yeah, that was cool, like. That was a cool way of shooting that intro shot. Like you did that, uh, you know, the opening pan over the city or whatever, but you did something like really different with it. Like, yeah, that was sick. That was cool. Like that's what makes things good. But yeah, does that, if someone doesn't know about that, like does that make it good for them? What's good art? What's highbrow art? Lowbar art? Bad art? Good art? You know, these are contentious topics as well that also can sound pretty preachy and pretty elitist which i always hazard not to like i don't want to sound like i'm just being elitist about it but like if you're elitist you can just sound elitist it's no problem right <laughs> nobody w- would mind that <laughs> I, guess, I guess i mean like noticing that's like one of the the things I'm, I'm here for on earth is like seeing people do cool stuff with and making stuff so like i care a lot about it and i know that sometimes it comes off as like a very um i am here to observe you doing cool stuff no like it comes off as pretentious about like oh, i see just yeah, no. yeah just like the thing josh and i'm like yeah but like seeing that and noticing the cool bits and the bad bits, and bits out, that didn't work is like that's fun right that's yeah it's so fun and like that's i love that like just looking at art an extra layer like that's my hobby i guess if you want to say that or like that's the thing that i'm like gives me energy and uh it delights me so it's not that i'm here to like shit on this guy's work and and be a vibe killer like that's actually a delightful experience of like looking through and being like yo they did this cool thing they did that bad thing like these shots are weirdly cut together like maybe that was a studio decision not the creative decision like you know, like, looking through art in that way is, yeah, it's like, why, why I'm here, basically, with some other things as well. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the main points. I feel like there's this one movie that, that almost feels like it's made specifically for me, you know? And in, in regard to uh, watching a movie with a different eye, it's, it's a... Uh, spider-man into the spider-verse yeah it's the animated one and like every scene every every frame of it is just like it speaks to me on on a deeper level no other movie has ever done because i'm an animator you know i love motion i love i love color and and the way like i love everything about that movie i love the music i I, i'm just a big fan and i love to geek out about it there is this uh twitter uh, profile that I'm following and it's just one frame it's like every frame of the Spider-Verse movie mm. and and like 
three times a day, it'll just show a random frame from that movie. And I feel like I could, be, I'm not doing it, but I could be the one who just comments a bunch of praise on, on that specific frame. frame, taking it apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's some of those accounts which are just like one frame of Shrek, whatever, and it's just a meme. But I think with Spider Verse, you really can just get like a great appreciation. For also, every Spider Verse that... does not have any motion blur. Did you know that? Doesn't have any motion blur. No. So you can really, you can re- like every blur is a, if is e- either uh, action lines or a smear. So you can even that you can see everything and 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 take it apart and uh, cool. analyze it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I've been going on for about like an hour or so now. Um, not that we have any hard time limit, but uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, if you want to shill, if you want to rep something that you've done before, or any other topic you want to touch on, um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, feel free. We, we went to talk about Gogbot, and uh, I'd like to elaborate a bit more on what I did. Yeah, please, uh, go ahead. So Gogbot is a art festival about technology and uh and that's where I did my graduation project for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically a a VR experience, but not in the sense that it's a video game. It's more of a walkthrough experience. So what you, you can imagine, uh, you come in this um, exposition space and there's just this, uh, because it's a festival, it's full of art pieces, right? And art, art, uh, like installations. And my installation would just be an empty space marked with tape. And uh, on the side on the table, there would be a VR glasses or goggles. And uh, I would be or or some um, assistant would be next to it. And they would put on the goggles with you uh, on your head, basically. Uh, and then you can walk in that space that's taped off. And that space becomes... Uh, my art piece so you can only see see it when you are wearing the glasses and it's this city and every single bit uh, of the city is based off how technology influences our view on on life and uh, it's all in this vibrant uh, vr art style uh, that i use across all all of my other medium as well uh, so it's more of an immersive experience where you can just walk around and observe things uh, and uh, a lot of people liked it, so. Yeah, uh, I, I took part on this. I, I viewed this installation. I had a great time. It was pretty nice. Um, I believe, do you still have the pieces up for auction? Uh, yes, they're just for sale, so. Uh, mm. uh, oh, yeah, let me just like get, get into that as well. Um, so the whole experience... Uh, is made out of a bunch of assets that are all hand uh, painted uh, using virtual reality. And uh, during my graduation process, I found out about NFTs and not just like normal selling NFTs, but there's this whole movement going on on a a different blockchain, a Tezos blockchain. And that's all... uh, it's all basically it's eco-friendly like uh it doesn't use proof of work so it doesn't use 
graphics card to generate a bunch of energy to move the blockchain or like move things around the blockchain. So it was pretty easy to mint and create your own art pieces and sell them for cheap as well, since they're not like the gas prices of buying art like that uh, aren't that high. So I discovered that. And uh, with that, I wanted to to sell every part of the Synth City basically uh, online as an NFT, as a s sort of uh, uh, souvenir or um, if, if you like my art, you can support me in that way because it's like a really direct way of supporting uh, an artist. Mm -hmm. That will 100% be somewhere below in the show notes. So if you want to go check out JC's work, uh, I'll try like yeah. as many possible profiles as I can of yours down <laughs> below. And I highly suggest anyone go check him out because he makes some really cool stuff. And um, I'm always a big fan of uh, of the type of stuff he makes. And like we spoke about at the start, there's a really cool, unique, distinct style that he plays with and kind of gets mirrored in, in a lot of his work. And you can definitely see the continuity. So highly recommend people go check out his stuff. All right. Thank you for the for the shield, Josh. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure, buddy. See, so, yeah, like yeah. that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's okay. Cool. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm honored to be on your show. Of course. Dude, anytime. It's great. Wanna come a have another time. exhibition. Go do something else cool. Hit me up, and uh, we'll go platform you and and make everyone listen to you. That's a plan. Awesome. Cool. Thank right. you. Yeah, have a good afternoon, man.